All right, I do believe we are live. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Break the Rules live stream. I am your host, Lev Polyakov, and today we are going to be debating about crime in the city, crime, I would say, in general, since uh, from what I was able to see, it has been rising in New York City, where I live and where uh, Sean lives as well. So we want to figure out what is the best way to lower the crime, how do we get to a uh, better life for all of us. I think that's regardless of what political side we're on, we're all after a better life. And once again, as I always say, don't forget to smash that subscribe button, smash that like button, take a look at the backlog of BTR. You're going to be very impressed with what you see if this is your first time here. Recently, we've had a stream with uh, Curtis Yarvin, aka Mencius Moldbug. Be sure to check that out. Sticks Hexenhammer 666, regular guest uh, as well. And we're going to have a lot of cool stuff coming up. So be sure to stick around. And uh, let's start with the intros. Sean, you are known as Actual Justice Warrior. I don't think it's quite a uh, mind-boggler to figure out why you called yourself that, but you also use a rabbit as a symbol. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started in this whole thing, and then I'm going to go to Nick. Oh, so uh, I'm Sean Fitzgerald. Uh, yeah, my channel is called Actual Justice Warrior. It's named for, I guess I have a background in criminal justice, and back in the day, when everybody was calling themselves a social justice warrior or, you know, environmental justice or whatever, it's not the best name, but I, I, I got to roll with it. Sunk cost fallacy. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing crime. Crime is on the increase nationwide, uh, specifically in my city. In 2020, we saw a year over year increase of a 47 percent in homicides. It's an absolute disaster. And I think a lot of these reform minded policies are what's driving this and a general attitude in the country against policing is what's driving the increase in crime. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Or, you know, well, I don't know what Nick's going to say. But, Sounds know, good. Oh, awesome. and by the way, and by the way, we are doing super chats at the end. So be sure to sneed those super chats uh, away. So Nick, a.k.a. Socialist MMA, you are part of the Revolutionary Blackout Network. Can you please tell me about the origin of that? And uh yeah, and then just like uh, Sean, uh, tell us uh, your thoughts on this particular uh, debate. Yeah, the mainstream media is dominated by a bunch of black neoliberal voices. So revolutionary blackout, we we return back to our radical roots. One that you heard from Malcolm X, MLK, Fred Hampton. Uh, I actually co-founded 10 Demands as well in 2020 during the George Floyd protests. We as black people, we need to insert self-determination. We cannot have this fascist authoritarian state continue to occupy our neighborhoods. And I, I don't even understand uh, what we are even going to debate. What What is there to debate? We we have tried it your way. <laughs> like, do you, do you realize that the United States spend more on policing than every other country does on its military? So what is the debate? We tried it your way and you guys have failed. You guys have failed. You guys are not even serious about public safety. You, you guys are deeply unserious. The only people who are serious about this are the abolitionists. The police does not solve crime. This is not a rush hour movie. This is not Die Hard. There's not cops on the street like superheroes saving people. And I need you to walk me through why you, you, you just mentioned how crime went up. That is despite police being funded more cops have failed they are criminals lapd showed this the, NY, the new york uh, nypd showed this 
your profession is filled with rapists and criminals who do not protect people. Sean? 40% of cops hit their wives. All right, well, we'll we'll get to uh, the wife hitting later, but Sean, uh, go for it. Uh, Yeah, um, I think that's ridiculous. We did see a dramatic decrease in crime from the 1990s levels due to the fact that we've really zeroed in on evidence-based policing practices, data-driven policing. Crime has gone down for decades. Oh, hold on. I want to make sure you guys don't uh, disturb each other. So, Sean, you have a certain amount of time, and then if you go overboard, then, Nick, uh, you can uh, follow up. No problem at all. Yes, crime has gone down for decades after we implemented a lot of data-driven policing and other tactics in order to reduce criminality. This idea that the police are ineffective or that we don't have study after study that shows that if you send police to a neighborhood, it drives down crime is absurd. It does work. And we did see increases in crime recently. And this is largely due to the fact that we saw cuts in policing. Now, a lot of that funding has been restored, but the number of officers have not been restored. It's not like you cut your police force by 10% and then you restore the same dollar amount and all of a sudden you have a workable recruiting class. The NYPD had a cut in policing. They dropped two academy classes. They're short 1,800 officers. 3,400 officers this year filed for retirement. And that leaves a gap, and it's going to take time in order to fill that gap. So you could raise the dollar amount going to the police, but you're still short officers. The United States police saw less than 2% of serious crimes. And Sean, I need you to define what is a crime. What is So you, the United States police steal more money from us than criminals do. We have so, a corrupt regime, a corrupt oligarch that inside trade, we have a military that in that regime change war, illegal and cha- uh, regime change wars, uh, humanitarian crisis at the border where uh, DHS, uh, DHS officers was caught raping and sexually assaulting migrants. So what what harm, harm are you guys actually reducing? You guys so- are not you're not solving serious crimes, nor are you guys stopping the corrupt ruling class from uh, committing criminal act against the proletariat. You guys are complicit with helping the ruling class plunder the working class. Civil asset forfeiture steals more money than criminals do, and they steal money despite not charging them. 75% of the people we see in jail are not charged for a crime. You guys say you put, oh, we we solved this crime. You guys literally uh, put people in plea deals because you know they're not guilty, and then you guys essentially like, well, our, our system is rigged. You guys know it's rigged. You guys know if you go through the criminal justice system, that you guys won't get a fair trial. So you guys put these plea deals on people and put innocent people in jail and then pat, and pat yourself on the head, on, on your back because you guys do not investigate or nor do you guys get to the root cause of crime or, or actually solve any murders. There, how many people have been sent released free from prison over the last few years because the police and the criminal justice system just locked someone up to pad their numbers? You guys are not to be trusted. Okay, so I mean, I have to take these like one at a time. So first of all, the statistic about police solving crimes, like there's a reason why the police don't use quote unquote solved crimes as a stat. They use clearance rate. And if you look at different crimes, there are varying levels of clearance rate, which basically means a crime is reported, the police investigate, they make an arrest, and then they hand that off to the district attorney. A solved crime is a statistic made up by activists in order to depress the effectiveness of policing statistically. So what that stat actually shows is that police don't secure a conviction 
within the same calendar year in which a crime is reported. One of the reasons why we know this is a dramatically false statistic, first and foremost, is that police are not district attorney's offices. They're not pursuing the charges in a court of law. So measuring their outcome by conviction doesn't make any sense. And we also understand that if you're arrested in, let's say, the year 2021 and you're convicted in 2022, that would not be counted in this solved crime statistic, although that did result in a conviction. So when you present numbers deliberately meant to skew down the effectiveness of police, unsurprisingly, you're going to come so away over with the half, perception that police are ineffective. So over half of violent crimes are not even reported. And you just admit that if it, and when you look at the 2% of violent crimes are solved, these are violent crimes that are when there's an act, that's the amount of people who are being prosecuted. And then you ignore the massive amount of rape kids that are not tested. The cops do not solve crime. They do not protect you. And in, in your answer, you even admit this. You can guys can quote numbers. Oh, we caught this many people. How many people are getting away with the crimes that you guys are not stopping? Now, walk me through, for example, Sean, walk me through a home invasion, right? So someone breaks through your house. And do, do the cops show up and stop the burglar at the scene of the crime? They do not. That is a childish belief. They come after the crime has already been committed, and that is the case all the time. And then at that point, it's guesswork. It's guesswork. And, mo- and a lot of time, you guys catch the wrong person. And the, and, the, and the real criminal justice system sends the wrong person to jail. We just covered the story a week ago. A, a guy who, who was wrongly convicted of murder who was in prison for 50 years. And for every one story like that, you can might as well say there are 10 people like that. How, you know how hard it is to prove false convictions? That is all you guys do. You guys just put the wrong people in jail. You guys do not prevent the crime well, uh, of, uh, happening. But go ahead. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I got a question. So if a if somebody is arrested, I don't know, let's say they commit a murder in December of, of 2021. And then in January of 2022, it's an airtight conviction, DNA, video evidence, everything you need. They plead guilty. Do you think that is a solved crime? But did the police stop the crime from happening, Sean? No, obviously they didn't stop the crime no, why, from happening. Why, why, I'm why asking we, you. I'm asking you. Think that's wait, wait, a solved wait, wait, so crime, Sean? Sean, or Lev, the, the the host, isn't the discussion about crime? Yes, it so is. If the police does not solve crime. What are you talking about, Sean? Well, why should we well, go, well, now, it, now it, you're now you're just, pivoting from just to humor. Crime. Yeah, just to no, humor, Sean. I brought Sean. that up to prove a point that you guys are not doing anything, and there's no public benefit that you well, no, no, just, just to humor just to humor sean let's go along with this so nick how would you answer answer the question ask the question again i think it's irrelevant because there was a, a, a broader point i was making that the cops well, are well not let's go to that one piece at a time just but, so we're... but let, let's repeat the question i answered the question i i do i can do it either way but the no, thesis if, if... being that the cops are not going not going to be there to prevent that so we need to address the root causes well before we crime. get to the root cause but let's, let's get back go... to that let's, yeah, let's get go back to that. hold that thought because that's a yeah. very important thought now let's get back to the question yes so if somebody like commits a murder on like december 28th 2020 the cops didn't stop yeah the they didn't stop it sure <laughs> and, and then in on january 3rd uh 2022 they make an arrest airtight case video evidence dna evidence everything Not often. You, 20, 25 25 eyewitnesses everything and they get a conviction Fantasy. for that and they get a conviction for that person would you consider that hypothetical example a solved crime oh, okay congratulations two percent you guys finally did it i'm, I'm asking you would you, you guys consider so so you so all right so let me pay you can pay yourself on the back you guys didn't stop the murder 
So, so we talking about how to prevent crime. No, no. That would we, you consider? Would you consider that a solved crime? Even if we fund the police more, you guys are not going to stop these crimes from happening. You guys are not addressing public safety. But would you? But that would you answer point. that question? So I will ask your question. Yes, I yes. guess that is a solved crime, but okay, that's not, well, that does not address the root of what we are discussing. Okay. Well, your solved crime statistic would not consider that a solved crime because it requires this to all occur within the same calendar year, which is why that's a bad statistic. Which is the point I'm trying to make. Now, as far as preventing crimes, yes, the police aren't going to prevent every crime, but we do that's know that police. Point. But we do know that police patrols deter some level of crime. And when you pull no, back the police, not. you get increases in crime. I mean, the Kansas City experiment is from the 90s. It goes back. It says that police patrols in a certain area helps disrupt and disperse crime. Every single crime study ever about removing police presence and the increase in crime, increasing police presence and driving down crime. It's basic logic. If you're going to commit a crime, you're probably not going to do it if you can help it directly in front of a police you officer. You know why they do it? They do it because they are desperate. A lot of people are desperate. Cities spend 50 to 80% of their budget on policing. And yet we are still having this conversation about crime, Sean. That's why I said in the very beginning, why are we even having this discussion? We tried it your way. <laughs> Despite the narrative coming from the right, the NYPD, the New York Police Department alone, spends three times more than the North Korean mil military. How much money do you guys need? <laughs> So if you're one of the people who do not feel safe in this country, despite that we we spend more on our policing than other countries do in our military, there is nothing that's going to make you feel safe. You need to stop being a coward, stop being afraid of your neighbor, stop being afraid of your, your shadow, and we need, need to address the root causes of these problems. Study after study, society after society shows that if you address the material conditions of people, food, hunger, housing, poverty, education, increase the quality of their of your of the life of the citizenry, that reduces crime. You brought the 90s. Why do you, why was there the decrease in crime in the 90s? Because you saw a growth of the middle class at that time. You decrease crime and you address the root cause of crime by addressing the material needs of the people. The United States is a neoliberal hellhole that has millions of homeless people because they don't have an affordable housing central planning model. Education is trash. Uh, one out of five kids live in poverty and the poverty rates are already cooked. And you guys are asking questions about why crime is high? It's because you guys are not serious. Take this insane police budget and actually have a functioning society where we actually educate, we house people, and we do not give people a reason to commit crime. There will always be mm. the oddball. There will always be uh random occurrences people need to get over that the police as we already established and sean you admit will not stop that guy from murdering you they may put him in prison but they won't stop it we can decrease the amount of people that is murdered that is theft that is assaulted by improving the people's material needs and the police has siphoned our money the well, we, we got we got to let sean answer though money for that let's go to COVID relief to the police how does this make sense all right, go but ahead. we gotta we gotta let Sean answer. Sean, yes. go for it. So, I mean, the NYPD is the largest police department in the world. Mo a lot of countries do use their military as a double for police, so I can understand how that might be a little bit of a skewed statistic. But then, but the idea that New York City doesn't spend more money on education or more money on a bunch of transfer payments, or New York State doesn't do this, is ridiculous and absurd. And you talked about how oh, more people people got wealthier during the 1990s and that led to a crime decline.
that we saw in the 2000s and into the 2010s and up until the George Floyd riots. Yeah, that is true. People did get wealthier over that period of time. But people also got wealthier over the 70s and over the 80s. And we saw dramatic crime increases the into point, the mid Wait, 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 wait. Uh, Nick, we got to let Sean speak. You spoke so, uh, so for the idea. So the idea that just improved economic circumstances leads to a reduction in crime is not shown by the numbers. In 2008, we had one of the greatest recessions in the history of the country. Guess what? Crime went down despite what people who think that poverty is the root cause of crime were predicting. This idea that criminals are just Aladdin and that they're only stealing because of their circumstances, but they all have a heart of gold is just not true. And this idea that if you arrest somebody after they commit a crime, thus putting them in jail, preventing them committing future crimes, that doesn't have an effect on the overall crime rate, is also not borne out by the data. So yeah, the police aren't going to solve every single crime. We all understand that. They respond to crime. They have some deterrent effect on some crime on the margins. But overall, effective policing can drive down the crime rate. This oh, is what we see. Oh, wait, I have a question have real a quick. Question. Real quick. I have a question for Sean. Then we are definitely going to go to you, Nick. But this is a question it's related question to New York City. No, but I, this is ahead, let, okay about New York City. What I'm curious about, would you say that during Giuliani's administration, did the broken windows policy have a positive effect as far as making sure less crime occurred? Uh, what do you think, Sean? Yes, 100%. But you have to understand like what broken windows is. Broken windows is this idea that environment impacts crime. So what broken windows policing is often uh, chastised as is a zero tolerance model, which is not the case. Some people who try to replicate it without having any of the people behind the original program ended up enforcing it as a zero tolerance kind of policy but the basic idea and it's in the name is that if a window is broken in a building and nobody fixes it eventually all the windows in that building would be broken and this is an analogy for people respond to their environment if an area looks abandoned like nobody's watching it like nobody cares about it People who are criminals who aren't going to care about the area will be drawn to there. So broken windows try to uh, try to address those kind of conditions, the quality of life crimes in order to create a more positive environment in order to drive down the serious violent crime rate by making sure that criminals don't have free reign to operate in large portions of the city. And it definitely worked by the numbers. You can see the 90s decline. Sean, what you're saying is historically false, and Broken Windows Policing has already been rebuked. The, the original author and person who came up with the idea of Broken Windows Policing even said that the police have abused that and have misused his original idea. Broken Windows Policing is one of the reasons why we need to rein in the police force. They do not solve crime, like Sean admitted. Broken Windows Policing is a... Broken window policing is a way for them to enable regressive fines and fees on the working class. So, Sean, what good does it does the community if you had the cops literally writing tickets for someone having a broken taillight? <laughs> right. Nope. That is what the police do. They, they start harassing the populace, re- imposing regressive fines and fees, which make the society would make the community even more poor. And what, and and as I cannot emphasize this enough, you guys are not preventing or you're not making these people safer. You guys are not stopping the crime. You got to only solve crime. You got to solve a very small amount of the crime and then pat yourself on the head when it's done. You got still money using that, the broken window policing. That is unbelievable that you praise. It's unbelievable that you praise that. That is civil asset forfeiture. What is you police steal more money from us via civil asset forfeiture using broken policing as a mechanism to do that? So 
the whole point of this conversation, at least the serious people, is to address public safety, broken windows policing, and none of the neoliberal policing ideologies that Sean keep us uh, advocate for kept us safe, which is why, even though it's been implemented for decades, we're still having this conversation about crime. Before because you guys don't address the root cause. Before Sean answers, before Sean answers, I have a quick question, just like I had for Sean, I have a quick question for you, Nick. While the broken taillights, I can understand that, you know, somebody unfortunately gets into an accident, they have a broken taillight, what are you going to do? Let's take the example of somebody who decides to go and urinate somewhere where it's like very visible, just like out in the public, you know, just whizzing away. Would that? that be some? But how I'm just kidding. Hold on. Regardless of how often that is, and believe me, living around Brighton Beach in that area, that has happened quite a bit. If that happens, would you say that is something that is worth arresting somebody for for publicly why, urinating why out in the street we, why do we need a fascist cop with a badge and a gun no no but just, you, you no, gotta I'm answer, answer my I'm question. Your question yeah you, even if you don't like my qu- answer why do we need a cop to pull over people for traffic violations why do we need cops to show i was asking about work? urination not traffic violations why so would let's you need stick a cop to for the that? Okay, how how would you how would you, you know how would you take so care of that situation? That? How would you take care of that situation if somebody is publicly urinating on my block? How would you take care of that situation? You personally, Nick, what would you do? Uh, we do not need a police for that situation. What would you so do? What, what's he gonna do? Tase him? What would you do if you saw somebody that was urinating on your doorstep? What would you do, Nick? We we apprehend them. We handle that ourselves in our community. That's the way it's supposed to be handled. We do not need occupiers in our community. We can govern ourselves. And this uh, example is absurd. Like this this belief, this opinion that you guys have of the working class that we all just bums going around pissing around in the streets. It's an absurd uh, uh, situation at hand. And if, if it does happen, we will have the community that will handle that. You don't need a police there that will probably panic and that will end up uh, tasing the guy. There's so many things like parking violations, a lot of things that the police did during broken windows policing that the police do not have to be involved in. We could have, uh, I don't advocate for this, I actually disagree with this, but there are a lot of abolitionists that believe in having traffic not being ran by the police. Why do you need, why do you need a cop there if someone have a broken taillight? Why, why do you even need a cop if, there's a, if someone having a mental health crisis? If there's someone urinating, you don't need that. The community can handle ourselves and we have historically because this new neoliberal model of policing is very new like you guys didn't have this until you needed to implement the black codes until you guys need to implement new jim crow era politics the police as we know it is a very new institution that you guys have never got correct all right, I, I gotta, I gotta let Sean into this. Only thing I would say is that in the '70s, Nick, what you're talking about the self uh, community self policing, that's what a lot of uh, Jewish people were doing in Brighton Beach, and they did a really good job of that. Uh, but anyway, uh, there's so many studies that show that if we had the power in our communities, we would have, we would have much better outcomes. We would, hmm. we would be in a much better position to handle that situation instead of a cop showing up, panicking and shooting the guy. All right, well, on to Sean. Okay, so there's like a lot that was said, so I'm going to try to go through it like one by one. So first and foremost, uh, a taillight is not incorporated under broken windows policing. Like, again, this is what often happens. That's on the books. (laughs) Is that this gets conflated with uh, zero tolerance policing. And also the reason you get pulled over for having a taillight is because people need to see the lights on the back of your car to prevent accidents. So like that's why, why you would get pulled over for it. And the idea that you would have just like a random person deal with traffic violations, we don't know. Not a random when person. Somebody, 
when well, somebody you gotta you gotta you let... not you're not represent uh, don't I have to chime in because you're not representing my position correctly. Okay, a no, non in this, a in this non you have a well trained the police are not trained. Do you, you got psychopaths who just join that position that possess that profession because they want to inflict violence on people? So why not have a well trained social program where you just traffic we had traffic organization that do that you don't need a police that do that you don't need a police that uh, uh that can handle homeless people so do you want to try to address my comments actually i mean please? many many big city departments actually do have their own traffic division but we don't know in advance which stops are going to be routine and which ones are going to be violent you can watch video after video no, what's the percentage of wait wait wait, wait. Guy, guys we have to stop blocking each other out here so sean you have the floor then nick you can address his points and let's it's, keep it's, everything yeah it's not about what percentage. It's the idea that you don't know which stop is going to go south and which isn't, which is why you have officers that are armed in all situations in order to prevent them from being able to get caught off guard by a specific suspect. And it still happens even with the officer armed. Secondly, this idea that policing comes from Jim Crow is just absurd. Our policing model comes from the United Kingdom. It was basically copied from the Scottish police, which ended up become which ended up influencing the London police, and basically verbatim in the north, we have similar pieces of legislation that establish what are currently police departments. Sheriffs actually descend from the Shire Reef, which go back all the way to the year like 1073 in the UK, which are local officials that are elected, and our state police come from uh, come from individual states that were created by the governor. So the idea that all of this is the somehow United due States to Jim wait, wait, Nick, Nick you gotta let you gotta let Sean finish. No, no, Nick, Nick, this is my stream, and we have to make sure that on my stream one person speaks at a time. So Sean, uh, go for it, and uh, then Nick. So the idea that like police descend from Jim Crow when the first police departments came from the North is absurd. We have different origins from different styles of policing in the United States that are all distinct and have nothing to do with slavery. So like that, that's just not what based was the in role? anything. Sorry, Liv, like this conversation is not productive. If, if no, we, no, 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 it is, like, it is productive. You guys have to, read. you guys have to take it one step at a time. Sean speaks, then you speak, and it's okay. It's all right for that kind of a uh, style to be enacted here. You don't have to interrupt all the time, Nick. So uh, now, uh, Nick, go for it. Let me know. Let me know all the fire that's inside so your in, belly. In, in the north, in Boston, the original uh, police was essentially like a night watch. That was more like a purity police. That pretty much police whether people was being pure in their marriages, whether people was uh, performing homosexual acts, whether people were drunk and violent. I said earlier, the police, as we know it, has never existed. And now when you had the South, that police developed from the uh, Jim Crow laws and the Black Codes and slave patrol. So yes, you brought up a lot of policing in other, uh, other different countries. My criticism of policing in different countries uh, does not apply. They have a different role in other countries. P police in this country serve to protect capital and uphold racial hierarchies as they always was done in what they did. How do you think people got away with lynching in the, in the Jim Crow era, Sean? You have police that work in coordination with white supremacist groups to help catch black people that they wanted to lynch. There's never been this golden era of policing that, that's like in, in the United States. That's just completely made up. And, and other societies that spend a significantly less amount on, in their budget on policing than we do, police have a completely different role. They're not here to implement broken windows policing and implement a fascist regime in your community. They're here to actually serve the people. 
none of the things that the police do in our everyday community when they impose regressive fines are here to actually protect us as was laid out by their original creed and critics that wasn't what they are designed to do the united states uh supreme court even ruled that the police are not obligated to protect you that is not their role so this fairy tale of policing that sean and these people keep painting is false this is not a movie. They're not here to protect us. And it's a complete waste of resources when you look at how much money that we actually spend, despite the fact that crime is up. Yeah. So, uh, again, it's just not true that police came from slave patrols. Most police department, <laughs> most police departments in the South were established during Reconstruction. The idea that pre-Civil War slave patrols somehow evolved into police departments and that those police departments. That's where they got their inaugur- Nick, their Nick inaugur- you got to stop interrupting. And you could see photos of those police departments inaugural classes loaded up with black people because it was pre it was post reconstruct it was during reconstruction that they were established doesn't make any sense for the most part policing started in the north yes you have a constable system which works more as a night's watch system but most of this was duplicated from england and in england they weren't worried about the fugitive slave act or anything like that again it's just not factually based that this is where policing originates from the, the Southern police departments that were in slave territories were established during Reconstruction, which was specifically not about reinstituting slavery. I Like, you're just making stuff up. No, no now, now compare how much we spend in our policing compared to the UK. You keep saying that we base our police model on, off the UK. Yeah, like, police. our policing is way more authoritarian we we hmm. imprison one fourth of the world's prison well population. nick i want to make sure more for other countries military so i am rejecting your premise wait wait, wait. but for, for, for a change for a change nick for a change here's what i want to do sean laid out what he considers to be the truth if you disagree with something that sean said right now about the historical accuracy just pick something from what sean said and say okay this is not true because so on and so forth so that way we could just focus on a particular thing instead of just like going all over the place. So what that did Sean say that you would disagree with as far as historical accuracy goes? As in terms of historical accuracy, the policing as we know it have not existed into the modern neoliberal U.S. construction of it. When you look at public safety, as I mentioned, he, he, he brought up the policing in the North that started as a watch group. That was essentially a purity police. Before this neoliberal policing era, you had communities that dealt with this. We do we did not have occupiers that was funded to gigantic degrees that is essentially a hostile military. We need to go back to the old school model where communities are in, are in charge of public safety. That would be a more efficient way of doing things because that is not how uh, historically the societies have done it. Like this is a new era of, of, of prison and police state that Sean and his people try to normalize is this whole thing started because of the black holes. Many historians have talked about this. The black holes spawned into other police departments. And a lot of people who got into police positions came from the people who, uh, who was originally the slave catchers, the, the, the night patrols and the North eventually scattered to become police a department that w- ran away from their original mandate of serving the people. That is the argument that we are making. The police no longer serve the people. They're no, they are now intrusive. They steal money and resources from our community. And Sean, and you guys will even admit they do not stop, solve, or prevent serious crimes. And we are in this crime wave. And you guys have been proven incorrect in your method. 
and approach to this issue over and over again. Sean. Uh, yeah. So, again, the reason why we don't have just like a town community based policing is because there are highly densely populated urban areas. And that led to the professionalization of policing. You can't really in a neighborhood where there's like 30 people, you can designate one guy to look out for everybody. But in a city of 8.4 million, you kind of need the largest police department in the world. Now, like, I mean, you can say that, oh, it started out as morality police in the north. Well, the southern police departments were copied from northern models during the course of Reconstruction. So already right there, you're acknowledging that it had nothing to do with slave patrols in their origins. Now, you're going to backpedal out of that, which is fine. I mean, it's what we can expect. But in terms of the prison population of the United States, the United States has the highest rates of violent crime of any Western nation, like overall throughout the history of the country. So because of that, we're going to have a high incarcerated population. And most of the people that are incarcerated in the United States of America are not there because they got tripped up by an evil racist cop or anything like that. They're incarcerated because they're violent repeat offenders. I mean, you could look at the recidivism rates. You could look at the violence in doesn't prison when they're behind bars. Doesn't the recidivism rate disprove your theory that you guys are keeping people safe because you lock these people up and then they get out and they uh, re- uh, commit more crimes uh, in comparison to other countries that do not have that model and they can re- reduce recidivism? Also, considering the fact that the United States is uh, the one of the only Western powers without a United, uh, healthcare system, we have insane amount of homeless. As I mentioned before, you meant, you guys just say stuff like United States is the most violent country. Why, Sean? It's almost like a culture of violent policing and violent neoliberalism produces a violent society. So you keep rejecting the idea that policing has white supremacist origins, despite the fact it's well documented that police forces, as I mentioned before, coordinated with the KKK mm-hmm. and other white supremacist groups and were complicit with lynchings. Well, Nick, I, w- I just want to I just want to make sure that you address Sean's point. Sean had a very specific point when he was talking about how in an urban setting, there's just way too many people going in, going out. And just because of the nature of how big our cities are, that's why it's technically not feasible to do what you are proposing. If you disagree with that, please let us know why. That's why in, t- we, in Tender Man, we have a very detailed program on how we're gonna uh uh reach a road to abolition now it's gonna be quite a road but we need to reduce uh no, but nick that's not answering the question no, it is it is if you're it, talking it really about is. abolition but i'm asking specifically how because would you structure not, not, the defense system of the city the defense system of the city that you are proposing nick how would you structure it so that it would address sean's point about the city just having way too many people going in and out that it's going to be very difficult to do so for one we wouldn't run a city that took 50 to 80 percent of the budget and put into police so we are we want to build a system that addresses people's material needs, clean, put the resources to clean up the city. The reason why the city is a dumb because once again, that that is the resources that have been siphoned by our inefficient. Nick, Nick, I'm really sorry, but that is besides the point. Those are very important and great no, things the answer, that they could though. be done. I'm talking about specifically people like, let's say you, Nick, let's say you are leading a troop of people who are going to be making sure that crime is not happening in their area. Sean was just saying that that is going to be extremely hard to do, given the amount of people that are within the city going in and out. If you disagree with that, tell us how strategically you would be able to defend said community. That's that's all that Look, we are and this is, trying and to find out. This is a complicated issue. Abolitionists leave want to leave it up to the communities. 
You guys are sending police that don't even live. In yeah, the and that's why I'm asking so about the community. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. I'm saying we leave it up to the community. Yeah, Give and how will the community do it? How would the community Give do the it? Community, the resources. That is what I'm saying. Like, do you not understand the answer? No, Give I don't. Because if you're talking about if you're talking about if you're talking about healthcare, hold on, hold on. If you're talking about healthcare, education, great, beautiful. I'm talking about literally you with a gun or with whatever defending the community. How would that physically what, happen? What, because why, that was Sean's... why do we do, this in real life? We don't need superheroes on the street with a cop and a gun and a badge. And we already explained before. No, no, forget that. Forget cops. No more cops. Murder. No more cops. I'm talking about you, Nick, leading your own wonderful community. Uh, organization defending your community no more cops the this cops are history the rails, we, it's we not about, because this is a very specific point safety and crime all right i want so, to... if I, I am answering your question because yes. if i was if i was in charge and that's yes. what you're asking like yes I, I don't understand like you want me to be the solo person we talking about if i was in charge yeah you're leading you're leading a group not have this fascist police force that do not solve crime that you i don't know what you guys think they're doing they're just uh harassing marijuana users and and imposing no but nick please let's let's stay let's stay focused what i want to do yes what i was i I don't understand your question i don't know why i will i will say the question one more time because i'm telling you guys what i the vision i want the vision i want and, and i want to narrow in on that vision nick i'm trying to help you out here okay so in your vision and sean i'm gonna get back to you soon so as well okay wait no, no let me finish please sean let me finish uh nick let me finish so in your vision you were saying no need for cops let the community handle itself when it comes to self-defense right right so if you are the leader of this let's say community group that's helping defend your community how would you physically do it given sean's apprehension in terms of how big a city is for something like that to be done that's the only thing that i want to know here once again in my vision we do not need a fascist police force running around because as sean and you guys admit they are not there at the scene of the crime. What do you? So what are you even asking? Are, are we going to be there to stop murders? They are not there to stop murders now. Well, yes. Yeah, so are, are you going to be there to of, stop murders? You. So what? Are you and the other group of people that you are going to be with, who are the defenders of your community, not cops? Yeah, are you going to be there to stop murders? Why are we yes. talking about this hypothetical? Because because, because it's very before, important. Because Sean's point. Listen, listen, okay. Liv. Okay. The onus is not on me. This discussion is about crime. And public safety in yes. the crime rise right now. So why am I being grilled? Whose ideas have been implemented? Sean's ideas have been implemented. So why am I being grilled? The because I want to hear your ideas. Because I want to hear your ideas. Sean, we already tried your model. And yes. crime is up. So I'm asking you what no, the solution I is. I don't even well, understand the line of question. All right, Sean. Crime, crime is up post the George Floyd riots and criminal justice reforms, which you would probably likely be in favor of. Maybe the Democratic mayor Stinson's increased and all that. See, no, I, I want to get into I want to get into lynchings because you brought it up. No, so, no, no, like, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Lev, you need to propose yes. the same question to Sean because I don't understand how this debate, how the onus was on me when our policies was never implemented. Democratic mayors, and I have uh, covered this on RBN, despite the narrative coming from the right, Democratic mayors have increased the police budget. If Eric Adams... All right, right Nick, let, let me respond. In the, no, Lev, okay. let me finish. Okay. Eric Adams in New York increased the police budget and has a pro-police approach. So when Sean say, oh, the Democrats came in and they have a progressive agenda, that is false. 
We're, the LAPD, that is ran by Democrats. They are criminals. The Baltimore Police uh, Department ran by Democrats. That is criminal. Sean just keeps saying, saying false things over and over and over again. The, the premise is false. So, Lev, instead of grilling me, why aren't you grilling Sean when his ideas have been implemented already and there is a crime wave? He keeps saying that there will be progressive reforms. That is not true. If you look at red states, crime is up there, too. And you look at the overall trend, crime is down. All right, Nick, I think I think there is a miscommunication. I think there is a miscommunication. I'll answer the question. So in the state of New York, when I say Democratic or left-leaning criminal justice policies are implemented, I'm talking about the fact that they released 2,000 people early on due to the fact that they reformed bail, which kicked into effect January 1st of 2020. The bail reform law lists a bunch of crimes where you can no longer be held in jail, period, and you get a same-day automatic release. This led to more people being let out of jail. After the George Floyd riots, seven different pieces of criminal justice reform legislation were passed at the state level in New York State, including Raise the Age, which treats people under the age of 18 incredibly soft in comparison to the previous law. So it's way more difficult to charge somebody who's 16 who commits a violent crime as an adult than it was before. Another piece of legislation that was passed during the wake of the George Floyd riots was the less is more law, which basically incentivizes probation and parole officers to not violate people's parole. And this led to absurd circumstances like a guy up in uptown Manhattan who sucker punched somebody in the middle of the night on video The guy ended up needing emergency brain surgery. This guy was on parole for life because he had previously pointed a gun at a minor and raped her. And he didn't get his parole violated because of the less is more statute. In fact, it was so shameful that Governor Kathy Hochul, because she was running for governor, had to directly order his parole violated because that is the level of weakening of our criminal justice system that we've seen in New York State. So, yeah, Eric Adams did run as like the most pro-police candidate in the Democratic primary. That is 100 percent true. But to pretend that we didn't have legislation passed at the state level in New York State or policies introduced at the local level in New York City that impacted criminal justice is absurd. Alvin Bragg is one of these district attorneys that's being paid for by George Soros, backed by Sean King, and he reduces about 45 to 56 percent, depending on the year, of felony charges to misdemeanors and considering we have an automatic release for certain low-level charges this has led to people being released time and time again over and over again and we've seen the results of these policies so i gotta provide more context because and the reason i can interrupt i do feel bad for that if, if to, to be i do feel bad for that to be honest i shouldn't interrupt as much as i had that's all right we're cool but the reason why is because sean keeps saying so many have truths and i got it correct though i pulled this up and you are complaining about bail system being reformed, and you and you pretend that this is the reason why they're violent crime. Seventy-four percent of people in American jails have not been convicted of the crime, and that is why they started implementing bail reform. So you're pretending that a lot of people who are getting these uh, are receiving the bail reform and, and they are released from prison are turning these violent offenders. A lot of these people who are being released out because of bail reforms are not violent offenders. Even if you bring up one or two individual cases, that is a, a very small drop in an ocean of violent crimes that you guys are not preventing. How does this plea, how, I mean, how does this uh, uh, complaining about uh, people getting off on bond, how does that uh, apologize for the fact that you as 
police officers are not preventing that crime in the first place and left. And I keep, I don't understand because this conversation mm -hmm. was, was supposed to be about crime and public safety. Sean is complaining about a legitimate progressive reform that brings our society to the modern age. In our, in our criminal justice system, we are behind other countries. We entrap people because we hold them in jail. Mm. They can't but, afford But I, I want to make sure Sean can answer your point, no, no, though, because no, no, listen, I know you have a lot point. to say, but no, ahead, Sean no, has no, to answer ahead, Sean, your point. Yeah, so obviously people in jail disproportionately aren't convicted of crimes because jail is for pretrial, being held pretrial, and for people convicted of misdemeanors. If you go to prison, that's for people being convicted and serving sentences of over one year. But you have people with repeat criminal histories getting automatic releases due to the fact that we have progressive bail reform. So they're not being convicted because they're being held pre-trial. Yeah, that's the function of jail. In part, it's to hold people pre-trial so they don't have a conviction for that charge. But that doesn't mean anything. That's what pretend, we already know. That's the reason why crime is going up is absurd, Sean. Yes, my my, my thesis, repeat offenders, let's our, my thesis is that we are wasting resources on police that does not prevent crime. So you guys are not to blame progressive reforms for your guys inability to keep people safe is a dodge. This is a good thing because the 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 we need to change the bond system because what you guys were doing was essentially holding poor it's a poor tax. Poor people are holding prison, rich people are allowed to go. And a lot of a lot of time, a lot of these poor people are forced to sign up for a plea deal knowing they didn't do it because they know they can't beat the criminal justice system. That is why it had to go because it's a deeply barbaric a uh, uh, trick that you guys use to boost your numbers. Oh my God, I got a plea deal. We got this other criminal. Look, we solved this crime. No, you guys didn't. You guys didn't trap poor people and you guys forced them to sign a plea bargain. You, your guys' inability to prevent rape, your guys' inability to solve crime and address the root cause of that is not because of these progressive reforms. Like I said before, the Democratic mayors have given police more power. They have given them more money. And we Klobuchar have refused to prosecute Derek Chauvin and it's complicit with the uh, Minnesota Police uh, Department going off the rails. So you blaming the progressives and the Democratic Party for the failures of police, even though the Reagan era, the crime bill, the Jim Crow Joe, that wing of the party has been successful in increasing the power of police is, once again, absurd. It's absurd. Sean. Okay, I mean, um, it's, it's a lot. So, um, yeah, so... First of all, in terms of money, like that's really a canard when it comes to bail reform, because what bail reform actually did was guarantee automatic release and remove judgment from judges. So if you want to say, hey, look, let's lower the bail amounts or even get rid of largely cash bail as an option, then that would be one thing. But what New York State did is they listed a bunch of crimes that judges can't remand with bail set or no bail set criminals on. So this causes violent repeat offenders to be released from prison. What I'm more concerned about is not the amount that this person or that person is being charged. What I'm concerned about is whether or not when somebody shows a pattern of violent behavior, the judge has the power to hold that person pre-trial. And by the way, you are not guaranteed the right to pre-trial release. That's absurd. Our whole jail system comes from English common law. The presumption under English common law was you were going to be held in the dungeon awaiting your trial. It is a reform not true. to allow people to hold. It is not true. It is a reform to allow. U.S. law is based on innocent and to proven guilty. 
Yeah, that's, so that's not, not even true. That doesn't mean so, that so, doesn't mean so the whole the whole thing you're gonna keep people in prison. Go oh, sorry, sorry. All right, all right. But that, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean what you think it means. Again, the presumption was that you were going to be held pretrial, and it's a reform to allow people to put some collateral in place of themselves. The reason why we have a right to a speedy trial, which by the way, I do support reforms to quicken up the speedy trial side of it, is because the presumption, because our justice system is based on English common law, was that you were going to be held pre-trial and they didn't want you to be held for a long period of time pre-trial. So I do want speedier trials for sure, 100%, unless the person who's actually arrested waives their right to a speedy trial or you have just cause in order to delay, which is why you have judges and hearings and all that. But this idea that you were never intended to be held pre-trial is just not backed up by the history, not backed up by English common law. Uh, Sean, can you no, please quickly... Wait, uh, wait, wait. I, wait, I, I gotta... Hold on, hold on. Sean, can you please quickly repeat what you said about when a prisoner uh, acts violently and what is done there during the, uh, you know, during the uh, judgment? When the prisoner acts violently... There is a different. Uh, well, you said it earlier. I just want to focus on that for a second. So, okay, so under under bail reform uh, in its original machination, there was a list of crimes that you couldn't be held for at all. Period. You would have to be automatic release, and it didn't matter how many times you committed the crime. It didn't matter how many violent crimes were in your past history. So this led to people being released time and time again, and we had absurd cases where people would be released same day for like assaulting a Jewish person in Brooklyn. They would there's get out, assault another Jewish person in Brooklyn, and then they would be arrested again, and then they would get out and do the same thing over and over again. So, yeah, you need to be able to assess somebody's history Man. and be able to remember. No, but this may be something Man, you guys I, I, can I agree on. No, th this because is something you guys could both agree on. Very small number. Doesn't matter. Even very, if it's yes, a tiny it number. Even if it's tiny number, can you agree that that's... The original premise of this debate, Lev, the original premise of this debate, this debate which I thought it was going to be, public safety and crime. John mm. is pretending that this bail reform, this the amount of violent crime, that's a very small drop. Very Can small we still drop. agree so though that, that address that wait Nick, that Nick, 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 Nick? I am the I am the host of this stream and I have to speak right now. And here's what I gotta say. Number one. If there is an incident, like Sean said, regardless of how small it is, can you guys come together and shake hands on the fact that when it comes to those violent incidents, that is when the book should be thrown at the prisoner, where it's provably a violent incident as far as being held? Do you agree there? Doesn't matter how many, just let's say violent incident, something you guys could both agree on. Is that possible? I don't trust the state. Like, what would that mean? Because the state, once again, the bell, the bell, what, I don't know what Sean, like, I... What what is Sean's like objection? Because the progressive bail reform uh, is is meant so you cannot hold poor people and get plea bargains out of them. So that is the point that we have at, as activists. So if you worry about violent people being held, okay, we can have a conversation about that. But I, I really wish we can get back to the original point of this conversation. I only had an hour because you keep asking me about my like vision of crime. We I keep asking Sean this. He keep bringing up bail reform. That is a very, and I cannot emphasize this enough. And if you're watching this, look at the numbers. That's a the amount of people like you're arrested, get out of jail, they commit another crime. Do you guys have any idea what? No that's a very small number. My question Do you to you go over the numbers? Is that neoliberal policing has been implemented in democratic cities? We have we spend more on policing and then other countries do on our military budget. But well, let's go over the numbers. Wave. Let's go over the numbers. Wave, so why let's go over that? the numbers. So, Sean, let's go over the numbers, and then, Nick, you can tell if the numbers are correct or incorrect. So, Sean, let's go over the numbers. 
Yeah, so after bail reform, and this is last year's numbers from the NYPD, suspects arrested for shoplifting went on to be charged within two months, 21.6% of the time with serious felonies. Before bail reform, that was only 8.1% of the time. So yes, it is going up. Wait, 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 you can't, you can't interrupt, please. Uh, well, this debate is ridiculous because he, like, we talking about violent crime. If you disagree with anything of the numbers, if you disagree with anything in the numbers, you can then it has absolutely to do with the conversation. If you disagree with anything in the numbers, you will have your time to say so. But let Sean continue, please. And again, if you listen to what I said, the original charge was shoplifting, which you actually used to go to jail for in the city of New York, and you should because you're stealing from people. Um, but. What I said was 21% of those people arrested for shoplifting within the next two months would be arrested for a serious felony. Shoplifting is a misdemeanor. So we're seeing an so escalation. So how do you do shoplifting, Sean? You arrest people for shoplifting. You try them and convict and them for keep shoplifting. And they doing shoplifting. So what, what, what should commit, we do to address commit. the root cause of shoplifting, Sean? It's almost like we should provide for the material needs of the people. So, Lev, once again, I'm disappointed because we're supposed to be talking about crime and how to address public safety, but we're not yes. doing that. Because you you bring up shoplifting. How do we, how, how do we reduce this? This, like not spending more on the police, you're gonna arrest them, and you just admit that even though you arrest them, do you put them back on the street? They're gonna shoplift again. So no, Nick, well, Nick, here, here, no, here's here's the big problem though. On one hand, let's say that your theory about if we improve all these conditions, then not there's theory, not gonna be any crime right. anymore. Let's say that's true. While that process is still going on, there's still going to be people committing crime. So for the underground reality right now, certain things have to be done. You were talking about community policing, and Nick, I was not being against you there. I was actually being on your side. I wanted you to elucidate a little bit more about that, where I was asking you, Nick, how would you, like beyond healthcare, education, all that, how would you see it being organized, local, community uh, self-policing and the reason why i asked you that is because sean was saying before that the big city it's too big there's too many people going in and out it's going to be incredibly hard to do something like that so nick i'm actually on your side here i want you to tell sean why sean is wrong about that why the city may not be big enough why it could actually be done what you're saying that's all okay um once again i am putting the onus on sean it is not me because this debate is probably about crime and public safety. You brought up the fact that shoplifting go keep going up when you arrest shoplifters. You guys are not addressing the root cause of that crime. Spending more on police is not reducing that crime. You know, in COVID-19, shoplifting skyrocketed. Why? Because people start struggling more in COVID-19, during COVID-19. Society after society, study after study, shows that when people' material needs are addressed, crime goes down. When you fund the police more, that does not address crime because we are in the crime wave, quote unquote crime wave, despite records amount of funding for the police. Crime has historically gone up in, re in, 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 in like a year model. And that is irregardless of whether the police get funded more or not. It is based on uh, social and societal changes, whether people are in poverty, whether they're a pandemic. There are a lot of uh uh factors that lead to what develops crime the u.s law enforcement model that sean and what has been successful broken windows policing that's been implemented giant police budgets been implemented lev you keep asking me about hypotheticals let's talk about what's now 
Woods right now has failed, and you're not asking Sean about why. Explain how. Well, because you're proposing the new way. Like Nick, if you're proposing the new way, it's only fair that I ask you how this new way works. Isn't that no, fair? No, it's studies show. I keep, I, I don't know. I keep saying these things. I don't know if it bounced off your head. Studies show address material needs that decreases crime. That is yeah. our, what we want. We want the community to be able to control the funds because that is our right. That's our right to do, not unelected capitalists. We control the funds. We monitor our own community. And in your absurd example, if someone pisses on the street, I guess we handle that. But no. we are Sha Okay, let Sean ask uh, something about the community policing then. Safety. So about we, his, we, uh, yeah. We've already, we've already been over this. Uh, crime has gone up independent of how people were doing financially. When, the crime, when people's incomes were growing in the 70s and 80s, we saw the largest crime wave into the 90s in the history of the country. Crime has gone down when economic times have gotten rough during the Great Recession, 2008. Experts who agree with you in some regard expected that we were going to have a crime wave. This did not materialize, despite the fact that people were getting poor. This idea that like criminals are Aladdin, and if we just help them out, they're just going to show us their heart of gold is absurd. What we understand is that people need to have consequences for their actions. And when I talked about shoplifting, that was worked. the first amongst a series worked. of statistics that post bail reform, post the introduction of more progressive criminal justice policies have gone up. And it's because you arrest these people, turn them back out on the streets, and wouldn't you know it, they're not Aladdin, they don't need a break. They are actually repeat you offenders that you should help. Sean, why are they shoplifting? Why are they shoplifting, Sean? Because most we have studies show because we have the most shoplifted item is food. So because, you send them on the street, you don't address the material needs, and they shoplift again. And you guys ask the question, oh, my God, I can't believe they did again. Yeah, they're, your, your they're shoplifting. They're of, shoplifting. Of, of, Nick, they're Nick why do they? Uh, well, okay, I, I'm the moderator. I'm not going to get into this, but uh, Sh uh, Sean, as far as the questions of the root causes and the more localized community policing that Nick proposes, would you give him anything there as far as maybe something like that would be possible to be done without having the police be like revenue collectors? I can give you one example of having police be, and I don't know if this would work in New York City, but it would work like in local towns having like a sheriff deputy type system. There's a little bit more accounting because the police are local to the specific area that they're in. People know the police a little bit more, so maybe going in that direction can and help maybe that could be a good place for you guys to meet in the middle i mean all all police departments are local except for like state and federal agencies which represent a small portion of the population but as far as root causes like the reason i'm not interested in root causes because they're not any more important than any other cause J just because you identify a root cause for something doesn't mean the most efficient way to deal with it is to address the root cause a perfect example of this is with <laughs> is with aids right the root cause of AIDS is the HIV virus. Now, if you have $100 to spend, you could say, I'm going to address the root cause and spend that $100 on trying to cure HIV. But in reality, during the time that you're trying to solve this problem, where you may or may not cure that disease, it's transmitting, people are getting effect, infected, HIV is project, um, um, progressing into AIDS and all that, and people are dying. So this is why in medical research, we try to go after the symptoms and do a multifaceted approach in order to address these problems, which is why now we have drugs that actually prevent people from fully progressing into being a uh, into getting AIDS from HIV. We have a whole bunch of um, 
transmission and safe sex campaigns. We have a bunch of drugs that help you post exposure and pre-exposure. So the idea that we would spend all of our time and effort on these root causes, which by the way, don't even line up with the data like poverty, doesn't make any sense to me. We should go so, for the most efficient way to address the issue. And as James Q. Wilson said, if you want to lower the crime rate, you can mechanically do that by putting criminals away, removing them from society, incapacitating them so that they can't commit crimes in our society. So Sean earlier was like, America is this uniquely violent society. <laughs> and you wonder why. I told you guys, I, I don't know why the onus is on me. Sean's ideology has been tried in the United States. And the ideology that you just heard led to the most violent country. Because like, who cares about the root causes? In Portugal and China and other countries, they addressed it, addressed the root cause. They provide health care. They're providing housing to their people. And you wonder why the violent crime rate is lower in these countries? Maybe address the root cause if you're actually serious about crime, which is why we need a critical approach to Sean's ideology, because we are talking about the crime wave now and the crime wave that we are under and the crime wave that you guys keep talking about every two years when you guys need to get more police funding. That's the result of your ideology of not wanting to look at the root cause while other countries have done done so and studies have proven that if you have a more progressive model where you actually care about people that will reduce crime because that reduce the incentive for people to reduce crime because people are not game banging when their material needs are addressed so in china they lock up over a million uyghurs because they consider them a problematic demographic do you think that the united states should emulate that progressive policy and so lock up a problematic demographic so now you bring up fantasy because so many international observers including the ap and washington post admitted that the white uyghur genocide with u.s propaganda oh so you literally no. have to just create nonsense <laughs> oh no <laughs> Nick, those are... Oh, and okay, by the way, China has over a billion people, four times more of our population. They apparently, this authoritarian country, but we lock up more people than them. How, how, many, how, Chinese, how many Chinese people commit crimes in the United States of America? Do you think they're on the higher end of the demographics of crime or the lower end? What's the relevance of this question? Because we're, we're comparing apples to oranges. Like Chinese people don't commit crimes anywhere that they go in the world in disproportionate rates. And they have a whole country full of Chinese people. Maybe because, and it wasn't even China, just one of many countries. The United States, as you mentioned, is a uniquely violent country that imprisons 25% of the world's prison population. Maybe ask yourself why, because you guys are not interested in addressing the root causes while other countries do. China has a national hmm. bank that provides housing for a low race and, and very affordable. Meanwhile, we got millions of people homeless, and you wonder why crime is out, uh, it, it, it's gone crazy. Well, so, maybe maybe there so is wait, a way that we can. You don't okay. like you don't like American police because they're militarized police, but you want us to emulate China, which has the military. I don't want us to emulate China. Police. I think it's embarrassing the fact that you guys call China an authoritarian country, but we lock up more people than them, despite having less of the population. So, despite all your criticism of China, we are a much more authoritarian, harsh regime than them, just based on the facts. Just based on the facts, why do we, we imprison 25% of the world's in prison population? They got less people than we do, but you guys want to pretend they're authoritarian? Nick, what did you well, I, mean, I mean, you know, since the Chinese political prisoners don't exist in your mind, I could see We have political prisoners that. here. Have Nick, heard, would it be, would it be fair to say, media? Nick, would Will it be fair to say, I have a question for Nick. Nick, would it be fair to Last say question, that, I'll, okay, I'll, 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 I'll okay, okay, and I appreciate you being here. Anyway. I appreciate you being here. Last Last question. Would it be fair to say that a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of the uh, young men who are stuck in prison right now, they came from a household without a father present or a father figure present? 
And would something like, uh, you know, would handling something like that, would addressing something like that you know, help you know, in terms you know, of building you know, up uh, a better community? You know, the best way to have a father present, how about pay them a living wage and make it so they can afford a family without working multiple jobs? That's a great way because my dad wasn't there as much as he wanted to be because he worked multiple jobs. My mom worked multiple jobs. So if you get, if you guys care about family values, how about we spend less money on the police? How about we have an actual functioning central planning model so we can actually have economic development and provide for our kids instead of locking up people for a plan? Your, your police prison industrial complex system created single families. How is that public safety? I agree on the drug bit personally, but when it comes to knocking elderly Jewish people over the head, which believe me, Sean, I'm from Brooklyn, I know that this shit goes down. When it comes to that, I think all of us can agree that the people who do that need to be locked up and the key thrown away. There is no excuse for that kind of action. Right? Everyone can be rehabilitated. So the, Sean was just talking about re recidivism rate. The reason why our recidivism rate is a, is, is a joke in this country is because of Sean's already proven and failed ideology i cannot emphasize this enough it's on sean to explain why his ideology has failed you guys have this harsh policy that is, europe completely rejected this asia's completely rejected this the united states is the only one one of the few countries that keep holding on to the death penalty and these harsh criminal justice policies and then you guys complain about recidivism violent crime your ideology has failed what we are looking at, we are looking at countries that have been successful. Let implement that while fixing the problem they still have in their system. So I don't understand why the debate is. All right, before before Sean gives the final fail. Nick, before Sean gives the final response, I do want to say that if things do go your way, let's say with more local community self policing, what I imagine is going to happen is a lot of the Asians and the Jews, because of the recent Supreme Court decision, they're going to be strapped. So if anybody starts to make any trouble for them then uh, I think you know what the answer is going to be there. I believe, we should, I believe we should be armed. I believe we should be able to protect ourselves. And uh, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not subscribed to this whole uh, race war thing that you guys trying to fearmonger over, but I, I don't know what that's about. But it's going to be, I, a, I do, I do it's going to be a culture, to... not race, culture, not race, culture. There are different cultures, people who emigrated from any part of the world as long as they what, can what be a part. What does NASCAR have to do with it? Why are we talking about racing? Exactly. Yeah, Alright, Sean. Sean, any any final uh, thoughts for uh, Nick and uh, thoughts on this uh, debate? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'm just going to address his last point rather than wrap it up in a nice bow. People can watch the debate and understand where I stand and understand where Nick stands. But essentially, uh, recidivism rates being high is not a is not a knock against holding people in prison. If you have people that are going to reoffend when you release them, you should probably hold them longer. So that way they stop committing crimes when you release them. That would mean that you would need a stronger deterrent effect, not a weaker deterrent effect. I'm not saying that jails or prisons help the criminal become good, upstanding people. If we had a way of doing that, I would support it. But unfortunately, we do not have a way of doing that. It's a much easier said than done kind of thing. What jails and prisons are for is for punishment, but more importantly, for incapacitating people to prevent them from continuing to become ongoing threats in our society. So, yeah, you're judging them by something they're not designed to do. It's like saying a plane isn't any good because it can't go 10,000 feet below the ocean water. Like, that's not what it's designed for. Any response, Nick? Uh, no, I think I think this was a this was a good debate. Uh, the whole I I just end with my with my thesis here. All right. If you guys are right, there's nothing to fear from the 
from the abolitionist movement. Our our ideology, what we want to instill in people, is the fact and the education. This is what a lot of uh, people in the mainstream is shook by uh, because the rise and continued popularity of defund the police movement because people are realizing the police is completely useless in their lives. Like, if you guys want to demonize China or any other country as authoritarian, meanwhile, Sean has presented insane authoritarian ideology that is not replicated anywhere else in the world. We lock up 25% of the world's prison population. We have a prison industrial complex that is to the stream and to the right as any country that ever existed. So Sean has an extreme ideology that has not kept you safe. During this election, Americans kept saying they do not feel safe despite record police funding. That's a rebuke on your ideology, Sean. That's a rebuke on policing. Despite the amount of resources, despite the massive amount of power of the police, they do not, and they will not keep you safe. And I'm glad that more and more people are starting to wake up to this fact. All right. Well, there we are. I know if uh, Sean or if anybody wants to say anything else. All right, guys, where can we find you all? So, Nick, uh, plug time. Yeah, so check me out on Revolutionary Blackout. Uh, we cover the issue of policing all the time, provide a number of stats and statistics to show you guys how they do not actually protect you. They siphon wealth from your re- uh, from your communities. And they get paid handsomely for, for it. <laughs> they, get, they, they have a great career. They make a lot of money. Uh, we expose that all the time on Revolutionary Blackout, so make sure you guys check us out over there. And, Sean, where can we find you? Oh, and I forgot to mention, there are two Super Chats I'm going to read after that. So, Sean, where can we... Uh, where- find you yeah you could you can find me on on youtube.com slash actual justice warrior on twitter at i am sean 90 i have a link tree that you can find everything's there on instagram actual justice i'm on rumble i'm on odyssey i'm on all the things and all that uh yeah all right and here are the super chats from i oh he's gone oh man all right uh, from i versig Troiks, five dollars how did white supremacy make a uh, daryl brooks drive through a parade and how did a lack of free health care make jacob blake hit his girlfriend and fight cops well i mean obviously if only we took care of jacob blake's material needs and uh treated him like he was aladdin then that would have solved every single problem that we have in our society like clearly that's that's the case and don't pay no attention to the criminal justice reform post 2020 and its impacts on the crime rate post 2020 like don't worry about that and the last uh one over here from adam thm 499 this man said china what crime did the uyghurs commit nick to war in the genocide now you're gonna you're gonna have to ask nick that yeah, well, Nick's not here, unfortunately, but this was a fun one. I just want to say once again that the vision that Nick has of the community policing, it could potentially work in smaller areas. Oh, I think Nick is back over here. Good, because I want to make sure. Hey, Nick, you dropped oh, out yeah, for a bad. second. I, hey. I think I clicked the wrong button. That's my bad. Oh, no, no problem. I just, uh, okay, so there's two super chats. Uh, I want to make sure, uh, Sean, are you okay with being here for a little bit? I just want to make sure that these super chats are, uh, yeah. that Nick. okay, cool. So, Nick, super chat number one was uh, $5. How did white supremacy make Daryl Brooks drive through a parade? And how did a lack of free health care make Jacob Blake hit his girlfriend and fight cops? Oh, no. Uh, cops have confessed to... Uh, 40% of them has confessed to hitting their wives. Uh, once once again, the United States is the br- biggest terrorist state known to men. We have invaded and occupied countless countries. We have killed millions of Iraqis, innocent Iraqis, 
overseas. So that's what I'm more worried about than random crazy people. I'm worried about our violent criminal government. I think that's what you, everyone should hmm. be more worried about instead of random criminals. Now, personally, I, I'm I, a, I just, yeah. Can, can I just, just can I just sure. point out that sure. that that forty percent survey was like one department. And the question was whether or not you experienced domestic violence, which included growing up in a household where their parent beat them. This idea that 40% of cops have admitted to beating cops their wives is, is so unbelievably stupid and ridiculous. It's more and likely that you're repeating that is embarrassing. So cops have been proven as a profession to uh, engage in violent acts, including domestic uh, violent acts, more than other professions. Yeah, because growing and up in a household where your dad cops, beats you is the same thing as beating your wife. Cops have been caught planting drugs on people. They engaged in civil asset forfeiture. They killed three people per day. And we live in the most violent fascist regime. So you're not going to fear monger me mm. over individual who's, random. Who's fear mongering except for the guy who says 40% of cops beat their wives? I was addressing the comment like that's what I'm more concerned about then instead of. Well, there there is another comment here. Another super chats from Adam Thm four ninety nine. Uh, so Nick, you said China. What crime did the Uyghurs commit, Nick, to warrant a genocide? So do you guys know that the Uyghur population has a higher life expectancy rate than Black Americans? So if you're gonna say there's a genocide of the Uyghur population, can you say there's a genocide? How did you get that statistic about the Uyghurs? How did you get that statistic about the uh, population, uh, life population, all that? You guys can you guys can Google it. You guys can look it up. It's very available. Well, what is the site that you use to find that particular statistic? Want, I don't trust Western sources. So if but, you guys want, no, but you trust Chinese and Russian sources, no, and that's I trust, what I don't get. I trust international sources. Guys, you guys, you guys realize mainstream U.S. news admitted that the Uyghur genocide is not real. There is no physical evidence of that. There's, so if the life expectancy rate of the Uyghur population has gone up. Their education has gone up. The population has gone up. They have been thriving. Says who? The Chinese government? Who so says their life, that? Their life expectancy goes up over the past 60 years. That doesn't change what's happening to them right now. Also, Black Americans' life expectancy is going down in this country. Black Americans' life expectancy is going down in this country. So yeah, when, you say, when you say that there's a black genocide in the United the States, the homicide rate has gone up, and black people less, are the ones committing and being murdered wildly disproportionately. You, you guys say, oh my God, the, the Uyghurs are being forced to public education. That's why there's a genocide, as if the American people are not forced to go to public education. Mm, the, there's a related super chat here from the Kualava96. I think that's a Pokemon of some sort. China not having a lower crime rate doesn't make them less authoritarian. Look at oh, how oh, harsh... Oh, the fact that we lock up 25% of the world's prison population, most of them nonviolent. We lock up people for a plant, but you want to tell me a country that got billions of, of people are not with locked up for nonviolent crimes. less that's authoritarian? We lock up reporters for exposing U.S. war crimes. Look at Julian Assange. Look at Mumia Abu-Jabal, which is a, pri a political prisoner that got an insane Mumia shot a cop in the head. What are you talking about? There's a lot of dispute over the over. There's the no dispute. The bullet that matched his gun was found in the officer's brain. The officer's bullet was found in his stomach. What are you talking about? When you how, come his, how come his brother, who witnessed the thing, never testified in his defense? There's so much bullshit. Someone's bullshit that being that that being said here that already Mubia been. Mia did uh, do. Debunked. Sorry guys, he did do. I'm saying the United States take political prisoners. We put we give insane prison sentences for people for nonviolent crimes. But you guys talking about China as an authoritarian country? You want to talk about other countries yeah. being authoritarian? Sean said even said in this debate that he don't care about addressing. Well, the, Nick, here's the only thing. Lock people up. 
Nick, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm originally from the USSR. I was born back when it was still the Soviet Union. One of the favorite people who used to go to the USSR, you know who that was? It was Angela Davis. Do you know why? Because the USSR was pumping a lot of money, and still does, by the way, into a lot of leftist causes in the United States in order to sow a lot of discord. It benefits Russia to sow oh discord here in the United States. Podcast. I am on a completely shit-lit podcast. So after the USSR dissolved, and you had the Russian oligarchs sell off their people to capitalism, you had life expectancy rates in Russia that collapsed. Life expectancy rate and the quality of life. You know why? Because Putin, because Putin was dealing drugs. Putin was selling off uh, uh, money. Uh, sorry, how do I say? It? Putin was in the Saint Petersburg Harbor, the and he was using. No, I was talking about Putin <laughs> and the oligarchs there. He was anyway, using. He was using the aid. No, this is extremely important. He was using aid money. Putin, Putin, and by the way, Putin's going down. All right, Putin is going to be no more pretty soon, and all bro, that money is going to run out. Europe, bro. How long you guys? Doesn't matter. Ukraine's doing great. Ukraine's Ukraine's getting territory after territory, and pretty much, pretty much, you're gonna have to say goodbye, Putin. Goodbye, Putin. That's what you're gonna be saying pretty soon. Terrified because China destroying the United States right now. That's why you got arm Taiwan and escalate war with China because BRICS and the United States with their new development plan is being put to shame. By the United States, Russia. You got to put sanctions on Russia and say you're going to tank their economy. Their economy rebound. If you look at Russian uh, territories in Ukraine, they got power. Kiev. R- Russia already showed Kiev. itself to be a fucking pussy. You know that, Nick. All right, Russia's well, a we pussy. Can, Russia's not doing shit. We got, a, we got another super chat. We do have another super chat. Here we go. It is from Devon Tracy. Jafar did nothing wrong. Changed my mind. Also, why are you all avoiding the fact that Iago, the parrot, was... Oh, Lord. Uh, see, I don't even know how the YouTube algorithm works anymore. I'm not going to even, you know, I'm being very careful over here. No, but, but in all, in all seriousness, back in St. Petersburg Harbor, Putin was taking the money that the United States and the Western world was sending for aid. And he was using that money to buy cocaine that he was dealing to the other oligarchs and not giving Russian people aid so that they could actually eat. So a lot of Russian people ended up suffering and dying because of who? Because of KGB Putin, because the person whose government is pumping a lot of money into influencing overseas thought about what in, exactly in Russia, is going on in the world. Li- higher life efficacy rate. They got free education. Wrong. They Wrong. They, it's a much better central plan uh, model. The same way that China has uh, destroyed the United States. Cuba, despite being having a Cuba embargo, have a higher literacy rate, has a higher education rate, and has a higher life efficacy rate. But Nick, <laughs> but anyway, Nick, why are this you? Fun. This is fun. It, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun, Nick. Thank you. Thank you for being here. It's going to be great. China, Russia, they're all going to go down, and the beautiful neoliberal United States of America is going to be prospering. No, but again, in all in all seriousness, like I do appreciate the fact that uh, Nick was able to come here. I thought it was a very interesting uh, clash of worlds, if you will. But yeah, any final, uh, Sean, any final thing you want to say about the conversation before we go? Uh, Cuba has forced schooling and definitely it was a clash of worlds. I think reality collided with uh, <laughs> ridiculousness. But, you know, that's just my opinion. 
I had, I had a lot of fun. And by the way, guys, if you want to support Break the Rules, I forgot to mention it. Patreon.com slash Break the Rules. Become a patron today. You're going to get a lot of very beautiful handcrafted uh, wooden creations from my father, Alexander Polyakov. And uh, you're going to get uh, other perks like being a part of the... Uh, upper echelon of the discord and uh, mp3s of the episodes after they come out here and that's pretty much it thank you guys so much for watching be sure to uh knock the hell out of that subscribe button and click the bell it really helps the algorithm and add the like button and of course subscribe to sean actual justice warrior if you have not done so already and lastly just want to say that I don't want there to be any clash. I want us to live in peace, regardless of what community you happen to be a part of. I only wish the very best for you. Oh, Aaron, $2. Can you address Ding Zui? Who's Ding Zui? I don't know. Maybe that question was for the other guy. Yeah, I don't know, Eric. Uh, but anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. We're all going to work together towards a better world, regardless of who you are, where you come from. It's all about culture and improving culture and improving civilization. All right, guys, take care. Wishing you the best. I will see you this Thursday. Alexander Bard is coming back. We're going to be talking about 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 coming back.